Hello, it's me, Sam. This is my podcast. I know it's been a while. I'm still here. Thanks for listening. All right, fair warning. Um, I purchased a minivan this weekend. There it goes. With the interruptions. I purchased a minivan this weekend. Weekend. And my uh, other phone is connected to it through Bluetooth. And so I don't really know what's going to happen. If I get a call, if I get a text message, I've tried to silence it. But y'all ought to know by now that I don't know what I'm doing. So, especially when it comes to technology, I don't have a clue. Um, So, sorry. It's already, I already got the map blasting in the background. But hopefully... um, I won't have too much, I won't have any more interruptions than usual, is what I should say. Um, Alright, so how y'all been? I know it's been a while. Listen, don't judge me. I know it's been a while. My, my, uh, as usual, my days are just very, very busy and very hectic. And I posted uh, the episode with Jill two weeks ago, today actually, and I hope, I really, really hope that you got a chance to listen to that. Um, She is so wise and so just really, really um, was able to give a lot of great information and clarify some things from a previous episode where I talked about um, relationships and God's plan for relationships. Not clarify, but just, you know, add to expound. Expound is the word I'm looking for. And she's amazing. And she, like, I was literally, I I actually went back through and listened to it for myself and took down notes of some of the specific quotes and things that she said because it was so good. And I, even though I'm not in a relationship and I'm not married and I'm not planning to be in a relationship anytime ever. Um, I still think a lot of the things that she said were so, um, were just really applicable to just life of, of, you know, seeking God and your decisions and in your, um, day to day and, and being obedient in the things that God has for your life. Anyway, so that was two weeks ago. I posted that. Last week, I don't really know what happened. It was just insane. It was busy. It was, I have, um, not that this is like a broken record for my life, but I've been tired, of course, and I haven't been, um, I have been eating correctly. I'm just trying to, finally today, y'all be happy to know this, finally today, I was like, you know what? Oh, here we go. So I'm talking about, hold on. Oh. Hold on, hold on. (laughs) I'm a mess. This is one thing that's really kind of cool about um, this vehicle that I did not realize. Do y'all ever, am I the only one who's not an adult and does stuff like that, buys a vehicle, then has really no idea what it does or doesn't do? Yeah, so I bought this vehicle. My car, it's kind of dumb. It has Bluetooth for the purpose of making or receiving phone calls. However, when it comes to using Bluetooth to play music through your phone and through the Bluetooth, it won't do it. It's dumb. This van, however, will do it. And so what just happened there that you experienced was when I hung up the phone, it picked right back up and was playing the music that I had previously had playing. So I have to keep that in mind, even though I'd paused it. 
it just picked it right back up and started it up. Um, so yeah, I'm in a new van. As you can see, I have no idea what's going to happen. So just a heads up on that, uh, again, on, on, for any, any future interruptions. Um, it's been a while, so I thought I'd give you some updates on some things that have been going on in my world that have been exciting. Uh, let's see. Update number one. My, um... Update number one, this person in front of me is going 10 miles under the speed limit. I cannot with people. Can you drive? Can you drive the speed limit? Why? Why though? What are you worried about? Oh. You know how you're on the highway and you see minivans like driving 100 miles an hour? That's one thing I'm going to have to keep an eye on because you don't even realize how fast you're going. This thing drives so smooth and so streamlined that I could be going 80 and I don't even realize it. I'm going to get a ticket. I don't want to get a ticket. I did get a ticket, actually, a while back in my dad's car. I was driving my dad's car for a couple of days. This is the, this is how this is how this interaction went down. Uh, I drove my dad's car for a couple of days because my car was in the shop getting repaired, and he was very kind to let me use his vehicle. His vehicle is an SUV, and I'm, so obviously I'm not familiar with it. I typically don't speed. I prefer to go the speed limit and nothing more. At the max, five over. I was on this, uh, what do they call it, a turnpike, just this big stretch of road that typically, when I'm on it, I got people flying past me going 90 miles an hour, and I'm always the slow one, and I don't care, because I know that there are speed cameras, I know that there are, and so I don't want to get a ticket, and so I don't speed. Well, I'm in my dad's car, and it's different, and so I don't pay as much close of attention, and I end up getting a speed ticket. So I'm in Sam's Club. I get a phone call from my dad, Mike. <laughs> Just picture this. Mike, bald-headed, big old white, gray, ZZ Top beard. If you know what I'm talking about. It's like halfway down his chest. Samantha, do you have something you want to tell me? And I was like, racking my brain. No, no, I don't think I do. Something about the car? And I was like, oh my goodness, I accidentally dinged the car or somebody ran their cart into it or something. I don't know. And I thought, I said, uh, no, I don't think so. Well, as to, I mean, understandably, he was concerned about the fact that the ticket was in his name. Because they take a picture of the license plate. It's a big scam. Can't stand that crap. But, uh, turns out you know, we were able to fix it. I paid the ticket and bonus, there was no points involved at all. So I didn't have to deal with my insurance going up or any of that stuff. I don't know how they get away with that, but I was happy about it. Um, I don't even know what I was talking about. Why was I talking about getting a speeding ticket in my dad's car? Oh, it's because I was railing on this lady in front of me. You won't drive the speed limit. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> gosh. Okay. News update. Number one, I bought a van. Heck yes, I did. I, well, kind of. I, I bought three-fourths of it. Here's the, here's the downside to uh, being divorced. In the midst of being married to an a individual who was not exactly financially stable, I found myself having a lower credit score than what I would prefer to have and what is acceptable when it comes to lending borrowing money. Folks, take care of your credit score, okay? It's a precious little, it's a precious little thing that really does make or break you and you need to, you need to keep, keep tabs on it. Go to credit, 
credit report, I don't know what you do, creditreport.com or creditcheck.com, whatever you need to do, keep an eye on it. Make sure to keep it up high. Help your kids to understand what it means because the last thing you want to do is have to buy a car and pay 40% interest on your monthly payments. That's no good for anybody. So I um, paid for three-fourths of it, and because of the credit situation that I'm in, my parents were very generous to put the loan into the remainder of the loan, which is which was very uh, a very small amount, but uh, the remainder of the loan into their name. And so I'll be paying them back very, very soon. Uh, that was great, though. That was really nice. The woman who um, was the finance person, her name was Kate. Something tells me that's not her real name because she's from Russia. She had a heavy Russian accent. <laughs> she had red hair. I was like, Kate with red hair and from Russia? None of that really lines up. But what she did say to my mom, which I thought was a really nice compliment she said, all of the parents in, in Russia are like you. They do anything and everything that they can to help their children. And I thought, I knew that my mom was just like a Russian mom. I knew it on more levels than just helping me out. I knew it. <laughs> Here's some other fun facts about Russia that she shared with me because I was nervous and also had a high anxiety and so I talked too much. Um... She and her husband won a lottery. I didn't know this was even a thing. They won a lottery to come to America. And so they had a sponsor in Cincinnati. And that's how they were able to relocate to Cincinnati. They had to have that person sponsor them for a period of time until they were able to get their social security cards and a job and housing and blah, 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 which she now has done. Uh, also, she said one of the biggest shocks for her between Russia and the United States was that, and I was like, really? In Ohio, people were like this? But I guess you just don't realize, like, compared to Russia, how nice everybody in Ohio is. Um, she said in Russia, uh, nobody looks at each other. Nobody really speaks to each other. Like, it's considered offensive almost if you look somebody in the eye or um, say hi to a stranger or something along those lines. And she said when they first arrived in the United States, of course, the first place that they went to was Walmart. Could you be more American? And uh, she said she was really blown away and confused by how everyone was like talking to her. And I don't know what I was saying. Anyway, she said she was shocked. She said she told her husband that she thought she was on a uh, reality TV show <laughs> and that she was being punked or something because people were talking to her and making eye contact, and I guess that's just not a thing in Russia. The reason why she even told me this is because I asked her if everyone in Russia was mad. Because th- isn't this pathetic that I'm a grown woman pushing 40, and when she tells me for- she's from Russia, the only thing I can think of when it comes to facts about Russia is that it's freezing cold, which... Uh, fact buster, she said the weather is pretty similar in Russia. I guess where she lives, I mean, Russia's big, but wherever she was living compared to where she's at now in Cincinnati, she said the weather's pretty similar. So, yeah, not cold. Uh, and, and also that everyone's mad. And that turned out to be true. So, that's the only two facts that I had, and uh, she was able to set me straight. She was really nice. At first, I thought she was faking her accent, and turns out she wasn't. So, 
I don't, I don't know. I'm so mean. I'm a really a, a hateful, mean person. <laughs> I just want to know people. And I want to know, like, are you faking that accent? No, you're actually from Russia. My mom, you know how we found that out? My mom. Where do you think I learned this crap? Deb. She busts out and's like, where's your accent from, huh? <laughs> rude. Completely rude. I don't know. It is. is it? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is why I thought of this. And I almost wanted to be like, listen, I hope you're not offended by the fact that I also told you that um, it was a good idea for you not to be in the Russian mafia. Because that's honestly the only other fact that I have is that there maybe is a Russian mafia. She told me she's not. Don't worry. But um, it's because I think one of the best things, and, and maybe you disagree with me, but one of the best things that you can do to build rapport and to build relationships with people whether it's of a different color or a different religion or of a different nationality is to have discussions to try to clarify what you know and maybe it's things that maybe you know things and it's not right like i like for example something stupid i thought the weather was terrible in russia so how do i had it no no it's not it is terrible because it's terrible in ohio but it's not any more terrible than it is here um and you know what? I'm, I'm willing to risk looking like an idiot because I can tell you right now, her demeanor and her whole approach to us was night and day from when we first started talking to her to when we were finished talking to her and we had actually, you know, I had shown interest in her family and in how she, you know, her time in America and all of these things, her, her job, her work, you know, whatever we could talk about. So take it for what you will. I look like an idiot a lot of the times when I talk to people and I don't care. I want to know people. And if it means that I look stupid in the process, then so be it. Anyway, I bought a new van. So now, okay, previously I was driving a Chevy Cruze. If you're familiar, it's a four-door sedan. It's small. And I had Charlie in the front seat and then I had in the back seat a car seat, like a toddler size car seat, rear facing. I had Clara in the middle, basically squashed, completely squashed. And then I had Max in the infant car seat still. Technically, his weight, he could go either way. He's not too tall or too heavy to stay in an infant car seat, even though he's, what is he now, 14 months old. But... Um, he also could go into a, you know, a a toddler car seat, but I knew that like, it just was not going to fit in the back seat. Clara was already completely squashed. And so now that we're in a van, I got Max in his own captain seat. Clara has her own captain seat with all the space in the world. And then Mia is all the way in the back in her little seat and she is forward facing now. She's like really super close to 30 pounds. And so just to avoid having to switch it around in like a month from now, I went ahead and switched it around now. And everyone is happy. Everyone's happy. It's nice and clean. I'm sure in a matter of days, it'll be destroyed just like my car. But for right now, it looks good and it drives good. And yeah, got me a big gas guzzler. We're about to go on all the vacations. I don't know. I don't know if we are or not. Here's the positive thing. I'm going to tell you some couple positives about having this van. Um, yesterday we went out in it and Max was like fussing and carrying on right behind my head with the music on. I couldn't hardly hear him. I was good to go. 
Clara was jabberjawing and carrying on like she always do does. I'm so far away from them that I can hardly hear them. I mean, I want to talk to my kids, but sometimes, oh my gosh, they just carry on and on and on. And this thing, with this thing, I can't hear nothing. kind of love it. Uh, yeah, especially in the back. Kids in the back. What? I can't hear you. I don't know what you're saying to me right now. Anyway, I'm going to go eat some lunch. And I'm going to put y'all on pause. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to finish it up. Why is my door open? My children do not know how to latch the door. Look at this. It also has a push button to start and stop it. Just one more thing to break. I swear. Stuff's getting complicated. Oh, yeah, I just push this button and it stops. It's super high tech. Actually, it's um, it's low tech. It doesn't, even, it doesn't have a TV, which I'm fine with. You know what happens when you have a TV in the van? Kids fight over it nonstop. One, like from the second they open the door, before they even get in the car, they're fighting about it. I'm glad. I don't want it to have a TV. I don't want it to have a DVD player. I don't want it to have any of that kind of crap. Because, you know, what? it's just something else for them to fight about. And I don't want to listen to it. So, yeah. Um, that's what we're doing. I'm rolling around in this giant mini, giant minivan now. I'm keeping my car. And technically, what I'm going to be doing is driving my car for work. And then driving the van for kids. So, that's that. Uh, I will uh, be back in a little bit. All right? Okay, bye. All right, I'm back. I, uh, here's a little food review for you. Obviously, I could make my own salads. I could prepare my own chicken, put together a little Parmesan cheese, a little Caesar dressing, no problem. However, I could also buy that exact thing pre-made at Sam's, which is what I did. Um... The only thing I'll say is that the lettuce, I just did buy it on Friday night. And the lettuce was, I had one over the weekend and then obviously I just had one now. The lettuce was already kind of getting brown. So, yeah. I've got a bunch of romaine lettuce. What I need to do is make some salads out of it and uh, get it together. But anyway, that's what I have for lunch. It was delicious. It was good. Whatever. Um, okay, so, exciting updates, number one, was a van. This is the kind of life that I'm living here, that my, the excitement of my life, uh, kind of pinnacles at buying a minivan. Um, so everybody can fit, everybody's got space, we can actually have friends over now, because we were restricted to where we could not have any um, sleepovers or friends. We could, but it was like, I'm then I'm stuck to where I can't get everyone in a vehicle if I need to. So now we can have friends over. We can give people rides. We've really just opened up all kinds of options for us. So that's a good thing. Uh, exciting event number two is that Charlie, my 12-year-old, participated in our school district science fair. I'm sorry if you hear this turbine air uh, blowing in the background. It is so cold outside today, and I was freezing in my house. My house, I literally stay cold in my house for about six months, six to eight months out of the year. It's it's terrible. And when it's real windy, like it is today, to me, it just feels cold no matter what I do in there. And, and so when I came out to my car, I'm, I've got the heat cranking to try to get myself <laughs> warmed back up a little bit. But, um, yeah, my 12-year-old participated in our school district science fair. 
Super exciting. Here's the thing. If you have teens or tweens that are getting to that age of science fair, in our school district, the only kids that are forced to, to participate is a one fifth grade honors science class. That entire class is forced to complete the project and also go to the science fair. And then his seventh grade advanced science class was made to complete the science fair project, but they were given the option of actually going to the science fair. Well, he chose to go because he is an overachiever and knows that how much I love spending my Saturday sitting in a gym looking at science fair projects. It's actually one of my top five favorite things to do, and he knows that, so he's always looking out for me. No, I wanted him to do it because here's the thing. When you put that much effort into something, you might as well go and at least try to see if you, you know, how you'll pan out. Well, turns out he killed it. He won first place overall of all the kids that uh, participated. The better news is that he won $410 in cash. Which is like for a 12 year old That's more than he's ever gotten one <laughs> In one time in his life um, And he uh, Was Scored high enough Obviously he scored at the highest out of everybody there So he's going on To the district level To compete uh, Yeah at the district level And then that's another full Saturday In a gym staring at science fair projects so, really exciting. Um, and then he'll be, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. In fifth grade, he also scored high enough to go on to districts. And then he was one point short of going on to the state level. So, we'll see what happens. I mean, in my, as far as I'm concerned, the more days that I get to spend my weekend, the more weekends that I get to spend staring at science fair projects, the better. Let's go. <laughs> Hopefully we go all the way to the national level. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is what happens when you get a smart kid and they do all this stuff. And then you got to go and spend your weekend staring at science fair projects. But I'm really proud of him. He worked really hard on it. In fifth grade, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you between you and me. In fifth grade, I felt very proud of myself. Because I was like, yeah, I still got it. I basically did his project because they don't know what to do. They don't know how to make something look organized when they're putting it on the board. They don't know how to, like, put letters and, and pictures and stuff on straight. They don't know how to make things look aesthetically pleasing, especially a boy. He was just slapping stuff on there and it looked a mess. So I essentially, I mean, he did the work, he did the data and stuff, but I did the board. You know, I did the, 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 the things that you look at. This year, though, I was like, dude, I'll buy the board, I'll buy the letters, I'll buy the paper, I'll make sure you have some pictures printed, but other than that, I'm out. Like, I bought the supplies for that you needed for the project, but I'm not, um, I'm not doing it. You know how to do it. So, yeah, fifth grade, I was patting myself on the back. This year, though, he did it all on his own, and I was really impressed, really proud. So, there's that. If you see him, give him a pat on the back and give him your name because someday he's going to make more money than all of us. And so you might want him to remember you <laughs> when he's uh, balling. I told him he better take care of me. He says he will, so we'll see what happens. Um, and then lastly, 
in the uh, category of exciting events. Oh, this road is slippery. I've got this van. I don't know what I don't know how it handles. Yesterday, I about slid through an intersection because I came over a bridge, and it was real slippery, and I could not stop. And I just started laying on my horn because I'm like, maybe if I go through this intersection, people at least won't hit me if they hear my horn as I'm <laughs> sliding through it. I was able to stop though, but um, yeah, uh, we have baby goats at our little funny farm. This is it, this is how why it's so funny. We didn't even know our goat was pregnant. Okay, this is what I'm talking about. It's hilarious. Um, so about three or four years ago, see Clara's seven and a half when she was five. So yeah, about three years ago maybe, Charlie was kind of amping up to um, being interested in 4H. 4-H stands for something. I don't know what, but it's basically like farming, agricultural, whatever. The kids go to meetings, they pick projects, and then they go and they sit at fair for a week and they show their projects. They can win money. They can win prizes. You know, it's all about responsibility and learning and blah, blah, blah. It's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Um, and I wanted him to do it. He wanted to do it. I wanted him to do it. So I started looking around for animals. He decided at that point, I think we already had a couple of rabbits. Um, we had a bunch of chickens already, but he decided that he wanted to take a goat. So I said, well, maybe not this year, but I'll look around and we'll see about buying some, I'll see about buying a few goats. That way you can start practicing and learning about them for next year. I found this guy about an hour away who had a fainting goat herd, farm, whatever you want to call it. He had a bunch of them. He had bought them. He'd gotten them for his kids. And then they were all grown. And he was like, I don't want anything to do with them anymore. I need to get rid of them. So uh, I bought two of them. I bought a male and a female. And then I want to say like probably six months later, um... A friend of mine's dad ended up having a bunch of babies that he was selling. And I was like, well, I guess I didn't really plan on getting them this soon, but we'll get them. I thought I'd get them next year, but I'll go ahead and get them now since he's got them available. So I bought two babies of a different breed. The breed, the, the, the babies were basically deer. They're just grown up deer when they get big. They're terrible. I would never recommend anybody to get them. Um, even the babies were just like little baby deer, like just all legs and kicking and stuff. It's bad. So, anyway, the two fainting goats are, like, small. They're, like, pygmy goat size. If you've ever seen a little pygmy goat, they're the ones that you see at the zoo in the, in the petting area. You can't put a big giant goat like the other ones that we got in a petting area. They'll just, they'll just barrel into you or kick you straight in your face. They're terrible. But these little ones, um, you know, the guy was like, just a heads up. They usually breed and you might end up having babies in January or February. And I was like, that's awesome. Well, they never did. We had them for years. They never did. We never had any babies. And it was, I was like, it's fine. We don't, the last thing we need is more animals, more mouths to feed in this place. But then all of a sudden last Monday, or was it Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday of last week, I think Monday, I, um, I'm leaving in the morning, and I'm looking, and I'm like, you know, they're herd animals. They stick together. Oh, by the way, we sold all. I sold the older, the bigger ones, because I couldn't handle them, and they were terrible. I sold them, because we didn't end up going to 4 Here's how it went out. We didn't end up being in 4-H. My grandmother ended up being sick. 
around the same time and passed away that year and that summer. And then barely a month later or two months later, Mia ended up coming. And so it was like, forget about it. We can't take on anything else. And, uh, so we didn't end up going to 4-H, but I did still have these goats. I sold off the two big ones and kept the little ones. So here we are today. Uh, so yeah, a week ago I pull up, hold on. I got to go get my kid out of school cause I got to take her to a physical. That's why I spend my days doing taxi driving. I'll be right back. Okay. I got her. We're going to the doctor. So anyway, uh, Monday morning I'm looking and I'm like, that's weird. The male is outside and usually they're always together, but I don't see the female. Johnny and Jenny are their names. And so I'm like, great. Am I, am I going to have to deal with a dead goat when I get home? Like I got a lot going on. That's not something I really want to deal with. Uh, and so I'm just make a mental note that when I get home, I got to try to track down this female goat. Like she's gotten her head stuck and stuff. They're dumb. They're just really stupid. She could be anywhere. So I'm like, let me get, when I get home, I'll look for her. Well, then I get home like five o'clock. I pull into the driveway. I look. The doors to my barn are open. So I look and I see little tiny wagon tails. And I'm like, what the heck is that? Um, it's two baby goats. It's two babies. Turns out she is pregnant. She was pregnant. She had two babies. I don't know when. And I'm glad I don't know when because I don't, I don't want anything to do with it. Uh, I'm glad that she had them and I'm glad that they're born and that I was not a part of the birthing process because I would have been stressed out. I'm sure I was already stressed out when I found them. But they're doing really well. They're they're eating and they're doing everything they need to do and they're cute. And we're bringing them in the house every day into the kitchen just to kind of uh, spend time with them. And hopefully they won't be as wild as their mom and dad are. You know, people talk about having goats and how fun they are because they're just like having a dog. They'll follow you around. They'll blah, blah, blah. And it's like we've yet to experience that because all four of the ones that we've gotten have been a little bit too old to like actually bond with us and so what we've experienced instead is like these goats that are just not tame at all so we'll see what happens i'm hopeful they're really cute they're really really super cute they're like the size of a like a rat terrier like a little dog they're really super tiny and cute and fun so that's that that's that's the last exciting piece of news i'm sure in three weeks those are the things that have happened um that have even registered on my radar everything else has just been snotty noses and doing schoolwork and regular work and cold weather so i'll be back later on to wrap this up i started this recording yesterday and i'm finishing it today so you know what that means i have no idea what i was talking about when I wrapped it up yesterday <laughs> I might have been talking about goats Can we just all say a, a quick prayer For these goats That they'll survive this Winter blast that we're having in Ohio What is it? 13 degrees right now I think it was 6 degrees last night When I went to bed It's freezing cold I don't know that it's ever going to warm up I looked at the 10 day forecast And the high across the board is not over 40 degrees For the next 10 days So You know I ordered um, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet But on March 22nd in the morning I have a court hearing To officially adopt both of my Foster babies Which is really exciting And um, You know you got to get outfits 
and whatnot. I'm not really of the school. Okay, so here's my situation. When I worked for Montgomery, I worked for Children's Services for quite a few years, which means I was in court a lot and testifying and with parents and with kids and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there's a level of respect and a level of professionalism that I think that even with an adoption hearing, I just have it in my head. Like, there is no way. I see these other, I see other families wearing, like, matching t-shirts. It would, there's no way I could go to court in a t-shirt. I couldn't do it. It would literally make my skin crawl. I have it in my mind. It's so ingrained in my head that when you go into a courtroom, you're dressed professionally. You're dressed basically in business clothes. And so I couldn't do it. I could not do matching t-shirts. But I got the girls um, I got the girls some dresses. And I'm talking about this because they had all of these really cute spring dresses that were sleeveless. And I was like, nope. Nope, I'm not doing that because I know at the end of March, it's probably still going to be sub-zero. And so, <laughs> let me get some long sleeve dresses. They're really cute though. I got them, um, I got them on this online. Do you know how hard it is to find formal clothes for kids? Basically impossible. Here's a pro tip though, because I always do dress my kids to match. I'm one of those people. I don't care. Come at me. I dress my kids to match for the holidays, especially Christmas and Easter, and then they usually also dress up at any other holiday that comes along, as long as we've got clothes. I don't usually buy special stuff for other holidays, but if we've had things passed down to us for Thanksgiving or for Easter, or not Easter's, for, uh, you know, Valentine's Day or whatever, yeah, like, they're going to dress up. They dress up for the holidays. It's fun. It's fun times. But for the holiday, like, for Christmas and Easter, we typically, they all match, at least on the same color scheme. So here's a pro tip. Um, I use this website that the dresses are kind of outrageously priced, but my hope, this is my plan, is that they'll have them for court and then I'm gonna put them up. Hopefully they survive court without being ripped or stained. And then I'm gonna put them up. I got both girls dark colors. So, even if they do get stained, hopefully we can shout it out. <laughs> I'm going to put them up, and then they'll have them for Easter. So, yeah. Did I spend $40 a piece on a dress? I did. And it's I know it's ridiculous. I feel your pain. But, I'm, they're going to wear them for two special occasions. You know, we may even make them last till Christmas. I, I don't know what's going to happen. But these dresses are really beautiful. It's Trish. T-R-I-S-C-H. Scully, Scully, I don't know, S-C-U-L-L-Y, I think is the name of it, so if you just type that in, but I honestly, like, I could not find any other place, I went to, um, I looked on all, like, the major retailers, which none of these places actually have stores anymore, for the most part, everybody, every, like, brick and mortar store is going out of business, um, but they're all online, Gymboree, Gap, Carter's, Crazy Eight, like all of those kids' stores, I looked for like more formal outfits and formal dresses and couldn't find anything. So I found these. They're really pretty. And then for the boys, here's another, here's a pro tip. If you're looking for like 
a suit or a vest suit or a, a, a like an actual blazer suit or something like that for a small boy or even like Charlie, uh, uh, almost man, um, Burlington Coat Factory. Can't beat it. I think I paid 15 bucks for Max's and it's like a tie, a shirt, a vest, pants. It's a whole deal. So, yeah, we still have to get shoes. Still have to get... Charlie is, uh, you know, like I said, almost man. So he... I couldn't find really anything for him in the boys section. So I'm going to have to have him measured and actually get, like, go to the store and pick out something out of the men's department because... Which is also a pain because he's he's too big to be in boys, but he's also so small that he's like they don't really usually ever carry those sizes. And the men, it's a pain. It's just a terrible pain. We went to probably four different stores earlier in the year just trying to find clothes that would fit him for his spring or fall dance, and um, it was an ordeal. We finally did, but the clothes were big on them. Like, he had to wear a belt. <laughs> they were tight. Um, so, anyway, we're ready. We got clothes. The gir- At least the girls do, and Max does. Charlie and I still do not. And then we also, they also all need shoes. So, and that's another pro tip. If you have a Burlington close to you, their kids' shoes, for dress shoes especially, are usually on point. So, check that out. Um, what am I going to wear? I don't know potato sack something that brings at least amount of attention to me as possible black preferably (laughs) this is the thing it's like you know I've talked about trying to lose weight and about eating keto and I've been doing it like I've been doing it with very minimal cheats but I just don't lose weight I don't like I don't lose weight you know I need to exercise more than what I'm able to and maybe that would help. I don't know. So here I am. Like my goal, my initial goal was to lose the weight that I had gained with Max over the past year by his birthday. Fail. Did not meet that goal. And then my second goal was to lose the weight by um, court. Fail. Not going to meet that goal. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I got a doctor's appointment scheduled. Maybe there's something wrong with me that I can get straightened out to try to get some of this weight off. Or maybe this is just what it is for the rest of my life. I don't know. I feel feel so gross. I really want to get it taken care of. So, anyway, I have a topic I wanted to talk about. Speaking about Charlie and the spring dance. Um, if you know him, don't ever say anything to him about this because he would absolutely kill me. No, he wouldn't. We've talked about it. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Uh, my work cell phone. Here's the situation. In a perfect world, I would be. This is what my plan has been. Because I don't particularly want to drive this van for work because it's gigantic and cumbersome. One, it is a gas hog. Two, and I don't really want to put that many, a lot of miles on it because obviously that's what I do for my job. I drive all day. Um, so my plan is that I put Clara on the bus and then I take the babies in the van to the sitter, which is only like four minutes away. And then I come back to my house and get my car and then use my car for the work day and then, then do that exchange. It's a pain, but it's, trust me, if you know anything about car seats, it's a bigger pain to move car seats back and forth. So this is what we're planning on doing. 
However, <clears throat> this these past two days, my sitter's son has been sick, and so they've been going to their old sitter, which is right beside my daughter's school, and so I'm not going to put her on the bus when I can just drop her off. I'm also not going to go all the way back home when I'm 15 minutes. Anyway, I'm driving this van. My work phone is in my car. I've been giving patients my personal cell number, and so that's why I'm getting phone calls. The whole deal is annoying. All of it. So, that's more than you wanted to know, as usual. Um, anyway, what I was saying about Charlie was that, you know, they had a dance in the fall. It was uh, it was a little bit chaotic because he just, it, it drug out. The planning stage of it drug out. Um, but he asked the little girl, you know, they went back and forth for six weeks about what the plans were and where to do pictures and blah, blah, blah. They finally decided on something and it was fun. They had a good time. They went to the, he went to the dance with this little girl and, and, and that was it. This time around, um, they have this spring dance. I'm sure it's five degrees spring dance (laughs) and the spring dance. And I think a lot of factors, the fact that they missed so much school, the fact that, you know, they had Christmas break. There just hasn't been as much planning around this dance and as much like hype And so, I didn't really, I knew that there was a spring dance, but I didn't really even know that, um, I didn't really know the date of it or anything until about two weeks ago. And I asked him if he was planning on going, and he said he wanted to go, and that there was a girl that he was planning to ask. Um, and so he did. He asked her if she would go to the dance with him, and she said no. Now... He is 12 and he is a boy. However, his emotions in that situation were comparable to what I imagine a 12-year-old girl's emotions would be. He was embarrassed. He was sad. He was upset. And, you know, I explained to him that there could be a multitude of factors. He is not allowed to quote unquote go out with any girls you know everybody's going out with everybody and I don't allow him to do that because I think it's ridiculous I think it's distracting I think it creates drama and just chaos and so he's already kind of fighting a battle of being a year younger than all of the kids in his class because he skipped a grade and so just eliminating another potential for drama is how I see it and he's just too is where are they gonna go you know like what are they gonna what are they gonna do we're going out and so now what what does that even mean yeah, it's just it's silly they don't the thing that's so funny about it is they don't even talk to each other they text and then they talk to each other's friends and then the friends tell it's it's crazy it's crazy times it's middle school on speed because now they all have phones and text and snap and there's 20 different ways that they communicate uh, over never face-to-face though so uh you know I told him there could be a lot of factors maybe her parents don't allow for her to go to dances with a date maybe she doesn't like you and she just just wants to be friends and doesn't want to you know mess up your friendship by it being weird because now you're going on a date to a dance maybe she likes someone else and is hoping that they ask her to the dance there's all kinds of factors that could be at play here. and But the, the one thing I wanted to talk about today is that 
I mean, as a parent, seeing the look on his face and the tears and the, the him being upset, I wanted to track this child down, this little girl down, and I wanted to look at her and say, what's the matter with you? Don't you know how amazing this kid is? Don't you know how good of a, of a, of a boy he is? Like, don't you know how great of a date he'll be for you? What are you doing? Why would you ever say no to him? And then I want to punch her <laughs> for making him upset. I want to track her down and I want to know why. I want to know why she said no and I want to tell her that she was stupid for saying no. I want to basically, what I'm saying is, as parents, we don't want our kids to experience pain. We don't want our kids to experience hurt. We hate, I hate, I hate to see my kids cry. You know, yesterday I picked up Clara and there was a little girl, little boy in her class that, that told her she was annoying. Listen, side note, she's annoying as hell. But I don't want any other kid telling her that. <laughs> she was upset, you know. We don't want our kids to be upset. We don't want them to feel hurt or or, 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 ups- or cry or have their feelings hurt or any of those things. But the fact of the matter is, is that it is a reality of life that our feelings are going to get hurt by other people. That people are going to either intentionally or unintentionally do things that are going to cause us to feel pain and to feel upset and to feel hurt. And so the sooner that our kids can learn that this is a natural and reoccurring part of life, the better they'll be able to manage and cope with those feelings. I think a big problem with kids in our society today is that... As parents, we have decided that it's our job to keep our kids from experiencing any pain in their life. So when it comes time uh, at the end of baseball season and the kids are getting trophies, everybody gets a trophy because we don't ever want a kid to feel like they're not a winner. We don't ever want a kid to feel like that they've lost or that they're not as good as another kid. Here's the fact, though. Your kid might not be as good as another kid. Maybe at, maybe your kid's kind of crappy at basketball. But then maybe at football, they're a ton better. And I think they have to know that it's just, that's just what it is. People have different skills and different talents and different abilities. And if we let our kids go through their lives believing that they're good at everything and that everyone loves them and that everyone thinks they're amazing because we constantly reward them and applaud them and pat them on the back even when they do crap work even when they're not that great (laughs) then I think we really set them up because here's the thing here's the reality if you have a job you know that this is the case in the workforce And even in college, even though I do think that colleges are starting to, unfortunately, not have the expectations for for college students like they used to, but I think on some level, colleges still, you know, hold these kids to an expectation, but for sure in the workforce, if you're not as good as the person next to you doing the same job, nobody's going to be okay with that. No boss is going to say, that's okay, you did your best, that's okay, I like you even though you did crap work. 
No, what they're going to say is, pack your desk and get out of here. I'm not paying you to do le- to do work that's not as good when I could pay this person and they're doing better work. When this person's actually working hard to do their best and is better than you, I'm keeping them on. You can get out of here. I just think we're really setting our kids up for a lot of disappointment and a lot of confusion. Because if we create this reality for them that... There's never any disappointment. There's never any hurt. There's never any failure. There's never any sadness. If that's the way that our kids believe the world is, oh my goodness, when they become adults, what will they do? How will they ever understand if all they've known for 18 years, 17 years, whatever it is, is I'm awesome and I can do everything and I do everything great and everybody loves me and and here we go. And then they get into the real world. It's just really tragic to think about kids being made to just being confused. Just it's, I could just see how really super confusing it would be for for a young adult to not to to be looking back at their mom and saying, "I didn't think that. I thought that everybody loved me. I thought that I was awesome. I thought, I, yeah." I think there's, you know, you want kids to have confidence. You want them to believe that they're awesome. You want to believe that they can do everything. But you also want them to be realistic. Look, I could say, I could say every single day of my life, I'm awesome. I want to be a singer. I'm awesome. I want to be a singer. I could have said this as a child and my mom could have looked at me and said, honey, you can do anything you want to do. You can do anything you work hard on. You can do anything you put your mind to. And I could believe that and I could say, okay, well, I want to be a singer. I want to be a professional singer. And if she just kept telling me and kept telling me, you got it, girl, keep working on it. You're going to be amazing. You're so good. You're so good. If she kept telling me that and kept telling me that and I kept believing it because I got my mom telling me how good I am. And then I go to my first audition and the and the producer or whatever you want to call him looks at me and says, you can't sing for shit. Who told you you were good? Can you imagine how tragic, how much more tragic it is to have a stranger tell your child that they're no good at something after you've told them for years because God forbid you'd want to be the one who would disappoint them and tell them that they can't sing. How tragic would it be for a stranger to have to be the one to tell them that? This is the thing. If anybody is going to tell our kids that they're not good at something or that somebody doesn't like them or that there's something else that they can try because they failed at this one thing, wouldn't you want it to be you? Wouldn't you want it to be you versus a stranger? So when my kids, look, my daughter is not graceful at all. Now, could she learn it? Could she work hard and and gain the discipline that it takes to be a ballet dancer or to be a dancer? Maybe. And at this age, you know, I think that it's the time to try things out. But if she gets to 12, 11, 12 years old and she is still adamant about being a dancer and is still tripping over her own feet and, and ungraceful and a mess, I'm absolutely going to be the one to say to her, no, no, we got to find something else that's a better fit for you. We got to find somewhere else where you fit in. You know, I went to Charlie's uh, parent teacher conferences a couple of weeks ago, and he has, you know, he's 
he's technically a sixth grader, but he does seventh grade for everything, and then he does eighth grade math. So I, I met with the seventh grade teachers, and then I go up and I meet with the eighth grade math teacher. And she's like, um, he's doing really well. He's one of my best students. He's his top scoring student for sure. And he has a B. And I said, I don't like it. I have a problem with it. And she, the look on her face was absolutely devastated. She could not, she said, what do you mean you don't like it? And I said, he's an A student. He's had an A in this class before. There's no reason why you shouldn't have an A now. He is an A student. He got a B last quarter. And his first comment to me was that he knew the reason that he got a B was because he didn't work hard enough at it. And he planned on working harder this quarter so that he could get an A because he knows that he can get an A. And she was like, well, I mean, he he works really hard and, and he's not... Um, you know, he does a really good job. And, and I said, I, I believe all of that, but it's not good enough. And he know, and, and, you know, I'm not a drill sergeant. I'm not a perfectionist, but I do expect for my kids to do the best that they can do. This is a little bit of a, se- a separate topic here, but the, 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 the gist, the underlying uh, message is the same. We set the bar for what our kids believe about themselves and know about themselves we set our kids up to either fail as adults because we've filled their head with nonsense and and, and have not prepared them for the reality of the real world or we set them up for success because we've allowed for them to experience situations where a girl tells them no to a dance And we encourage them to feel how that feels and to know how it feels and to move on and continue to be friends with her. I told him, I said, I swear if I find out you're mean to her or you say anything nasty about her or you're not, you don't continue to be friends with her, I'll chase you down. I know where you sleep because you got to move forward. You got to move forward and you don't get to be a bully and you don't get to be mean and you don't get to be mad and upset about it and cause somebody else pain because they caused you pain. You got to move forward. You know, if we don't allow for our kids to experience situations to where they're held accountable to know that what they're doing is not their best work, then how can they know when they get older that in those same situations, when their boss comes to them and says, I don't know what's going on with you this month, but uh, your work's pretty crappy. It was better last month. Get it together. Okay. Okay. I know what this feels like. I did it. It happened in school. I know how this feels. You're right. I got to get my head on straight. This, this, I mean, Charlie was able to sit right there and tell me this, this, and this is what's been distracting this, this quarter. I'm cutting it out and now I can focus better this quarter. You know, we don't allow our children to have these types of opportunities as they're growing up. How will they manage them as an adult? We're not always going to be there. We're not going to be there when they're 18 and 19 and 20 and they're in college and they get their heart broken by their girlfriend or their boyfriend. We're not going to be there to make it right. We're not going to be there to protect them from pain and from from hurt. We're not going to be there to interfere and intercede with their uh, boss like we do with coaches right now. I, I tell you what, you couldn't pay me. You could not pay me enough to be a coach of any type of a kid's sports team right now. These parents are so crazy that I wouldn't do it. I would not do it. You know why? 
because every single parent anymore wants their kids to be a rock star. You know what I want? I want my kid to learn about how to be part of a team. Do I believe that Clara is going to be on the uh, Olympic all-star softball team? Absolutely not. I mean, maybe. If she, maybe. Maybe she will. I don't know. But is that my goal? Is that my goal in signing her up for coach pitch softball? No. No, and I'm not going to hassle the coach because she doesn't play enough. I'm not going to hassle the coach because she doesn't play the position that I think she needs to play. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let the coach do his job. And I'm going to sit back and I'm going to cheer her on. Well, I, I mean, I'm basically in my world, I'm going to chase babies while she plays. <laughs> and maybe I'll catch a few glimpses of her. But, yeah, I mean... I'm not going to nag the coach because I don't think that he's doing the right, you know, enough to set her up for success as a a fast pitch softball player. No, no. If she wants to play more, if she wants to play a certain position, she can advocate for herself. She can speak up and say, hey, coach, I really think I'd do better off playing a, a pitcher. Please don't put her a pitcher. Oh, my gosh. You know, or whatever. But I'm not going to be the one who goes in there and makes a fool out of myself and, and gets loud. You know, we had a uh, we had an eight year old boys baseball team last year in our community that when they got to the um, championship games or the whatever tournament games at the end of the season, they had to have the police at the games. Because parents got so rowdy and out of control and were making threatening remarks and things like that. And and so the police had to be there. Are you kidding me? We got to cut this stuff out, parents. Come on. Let's join together and, and make a decision that we are going to help our children to be functioning adults. Because here's the thing. Here's the, here's the real deal. It's kind of like if you don't vote, you don't get to complain about who's in office. It's kind of the same thing. If you don't do what you need to do as a parent to set your kids up for success as an adult, if you don't let them experience pain, if you don't let them experience failure, if you don't let them advocate for themselves, if you don't let them know that there's higher expectations and and, and hold them to those expectations, if you don't do these things to help them to be successful adults, don't you dare shake your head at millennials or don't you dare complain because the your 20-something-year-old won't get out and get a job and won't take care of himself and is living in your basement until he's 35. Don't do it because you're, all, you're created, you created that. And so we got to hold ourselves accountable. We got to hold our kids accountable. And here, I, and let me just say this. I'm passionate about this because I am determined for my kids to be functioning citizens in this world. And so I'm saying it to myself as much as I'm saying it to anybody who's listening. I hope you hear my heart. I hope you know that I care and I want y'all to parent in a way that your kids grow up to honor God to honor you to, and to be functioning adults. And so let them, let them have these experiences. Don't shield them. Don't protect them. You know, as much, as much as I see, I guess, I think there's a, there's a level, you know, you don't want your kids to experience everything. There's a level of shielding, but yeah, let them, let them experience things. Let them feel things. Our kids don't feel anything anymore. They're just happy. And content. They don't feel sadness. They don't feel like, they don't feel anything anymore. You know what they do? They feel 
tantrums when they don't get to play their video games because we've told them to turn them off and then they experience anger and i mean that's it like they got these kids got to have more feelings than that they got to learn how to navigate their feelings better so anyway that's all i have for today i'm wrapping it up i'm posting it and then i'm gonna be back when i get back all right send me a message anytime it's dot me dot sam dot podcast podcast what the heck podcast at gmail.com and uh i'll talk to you the next time okay all right have a good day bye